Hello, everyone. I'm Ron Weisberg, your host of Film Things with Soul Studios. Welcome back. I have a very cool show for you today. I'm here with Quinn Mander. How's it going, Quinn? It's great. I'm just a little blown away by your beatbox skills, so I'm going to need a second. Okay, okay. <laughs> take your moment. Let it sink in. That's real oh, it's deal. Sunk in. That's yeah. that's hip hop. I, right? I, I see. So <laughs> you, my friend, have had a, uh, a wealth of experience in the acting world in your acting education. You went to yeah. Rutgers. Yes. And so, what did you do at Rutgers? So Rutgers um, is uh, ex- pretty much exclusively uh, a Meisner program, meaning it was based on the teaching of uh, Sandy Meisner. Uh, from the Neighborhood Playhouse. At the time that I went to school, it was run by uh, William Esper, who passed away recently, uh, which was a huge loss. Um, But he was one of Meisner's protégés, and he taught with Meisner for years at the Neighborhood Playhouse, um, and eventually opened his own studio, and he took over the uh, acting chair position at the uh, Rutgers University's MFA program. Cool. Which is where I studied. That's awesome. And not only that, you ended up teaching at, in New York, right? Yeah, I taught at the New York Film Academy. I taught uh, a 10-series uh, intro to Meisner class, which is essentially what I'll be teaching here. Okay, um, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so that to me is really cool that we are sort of in the same world as what's going on in New York because we have people like you and Gil uh, Lazier who... Who, um, yeah, I love that man. He he. Basically, I just met him, but I love him. Yeah, I love him too. I, he's such a great guy. He just did a class at the school, and he mentioned that Meisner, the Meisner technique, uh, pumped out the most Hollywood actors of any other school. Yeah. And to me, yeah, I'm yeah. like, wow, that is a heck of a thing. Yeah, yeah. It you is. It's got I mean? a long legacy. It's got sure. a long legacy. And what do you think it is about the Meisner technique that got that kind of uh, ball rolling? I think the main thing about the Meisner technique that I learned when I studied it and that I see when I'm teaching it is that it helps actors work on some very, very, very basic core skills. Uh, And obviously there's a lot more to it than that, but at base, there's a lot of traps that actors fall into that, you know, show up on stage as much as on film, but film really picks it up, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Actors don't listen. They don't listen and respond. They mm-hmm. talk in their own bubbles. They wait for their line. Yeah. They don't really work off the other person. You know, the and, ouch doesn't yeah. match the pinch. And it seems like Meisner is all about stripping away the BS. Yeah. One layer at a time to get to that core truth. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the camera really picks that It up. works, yeah, it works specifically on the actor, the power of the actor's imagination and on their ability to put their attention on the other person. Everything you do, say... Is, a, is too for and off the other person. Oh, That's I'm so it. glad you're saying that because I, I figured that out a long time ago to get out of my own head. I had to just get into the head of the other person. No, they're, they're your acting object. They're, you respond to their behavior and you have to take it in and you got to take it personally. Yeah. You know, um, that's what working off the other person means moment by moment. And the main thing that I love about the Meisner technique, now most people, when they try to work on a part, they've got a scene... Uh, they've got a, the whole arc of a script or a play. Um, they try to mark out where they have to land. Yeah. And they try to imitate mm. the image of that that they have in their mind. 
So it's too much of an intellectualization of it. Well, it's also it's also bullshit because they indicate. They don't really go through. There's nothing spontaneous about it. They're hitting marks. Yeah. You know, like now is when I have yeah, now is when I have this angry moment at this person and it's also general anger it's not specific it's not specific what's happening in the moment you can't plan out emotions basically well it's all you have to so the thing that about Meisner that's beautiful is that you the playwright has written or this or the screenwriter has written certain moments into the play it is your job to to make those moments happen otherwise the story doesn't get told this isn't intellectual masturbation this isn't like an actor you know being uh, all up their own butt. You know, like, that's not what this is about. This it's not is, about self-indulgence. No, it's about setting yourself up in the right way. Mm-hmm. So that when this is a, a set of tools that an actor practices rigorously, that build on one another in complexity as you get further into it, and the whole point of it is that you understand how to set yourself up as an actor in a way that when the moments happen off the other person or in the script, in the circumstances of the script... The moments that the playwright wrote just happen to you. Mm-hmm. You don't fake them. You don't indicate them. You don't worry about them. You don't them. anticipate you them. You don't anticipate them. They just happen to you because you've done your homework. You leave it at the door and you've done your homework in the right way. Yeah. That's what, that's what this is really about. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so successful. Yeah, because uh, practice does not make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. Um, so there's a lot of people that have tried Meisner in different places here and there that really don't like it for different reasons. One of them, I think they get uh, too tired from uh, the repetition that goes on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what would you say to those people that have found that they, they didn't, they didn't like this, this uh, technique and what makes your class different than what they might have experienced? Well, so I can't respond to objections I haven't personally heard. You know, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. Um, people may have some very legitimate negative experiences with it. They may have some genuine complaints. But the kind of bullshit complaints I've heard, particularly about, like, somebody takes a Meisner workshop for a weekend, which I don't even understand how the words Meisner and workshop Yeah, one-day workshop doesn't work for this. You know, that's and why that's we, all they're going to yeah. get into is is the beginning part of the repetition, and mm-hmm. they don't really understand what it's And then for. they just drop it because they're like, oh, if that's what it is, I can do that at home. Yeah, and it's not when, first of all, A, you can't. <laughs> and yeah. B, that's not. This is the very beginning. The whole Meisner, the program that Meisner taught was two years long. Mm-hmm. It was two years long. The classes met two to three times a week for yeah. two years. Yeah, that's a lot. That's the that's the MFA program that I studied with Bill. It was a two year. It's a three year program, but it was two, a two year Meisner program. Wow. We did the whole thing. So this is going to be ten classes to introduce you to several of the techniques that are developed along the line. But most of the objections I've heard are from people who don't actually understand what it is, and probably who have only done that weekend thing. They didn't ever go through a full on. You know, this is the intro to Meisner work uh, class. Well, yeah, the tools all build on one another. Yeah. you got to start somewhere. So what that's trying to teach you is how to actually recognize a genuine impulse yeah. without having to memorize a line, without having to be in your head, where the only thing that's important is that your attention is on the other person and that what hits you is a genuine impulse. Yeah, stripping, That's all it's yeah, for. stripping everything away right. and starting and that at is that base core. not enough to create a character. Right. I've met people, even people who've took... Who've, t- who've took... <laughs> I know grammar, I do grammar. <laughs> people who've taken the first year 
Yeah. Right? And there's a specific way in which you work in the first year that is not the way you work in the second year. Yeah. But they don't know that because they never took the second year. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, they'll come to the, t- they'll come to, you know, um, to the table or to in front of the camera uh, and they'll not have made any choices mm-hmm. as a character because yeah. they'll just wait for something spontaneously to hit them. That's right. not Meisner either. Yeah. That's the plate. You've got to honor the story. You know, but this is teaching you how to set yourself up so that you both honor the story and you behave truthfully wow. in the yeah. moment. And so the other objection that I've heard a lot is um, um, that um, that this is a kind of limited thing, you know, like it's um, in the sense that people, who, you can sort of smell it on them, people who who claim to be Meisner experts, uh, many of them have a certain, you know, kind of serious odor that wafts off them. It's like, uh, I drink coffee and wear dark things. Uh, yeah, and I'm always angry. I'm always angry. <laughs> and life serious. is dark. Yeah, you like don't understand. Darkness. And people are evil, and if you only, it's only real if it's evil. And, and where's horrible. my vodka? Painful. Where's my vodka, yeah. <laughs> you know, Meisner said um, that being emotionally full is not being full of any specific or particular emotion. It's being that, just that, emotionally full. The human experience is full of a wide range of emotions. Yeah. You gotta be, as an actor, you have to be an athlete of the heart. Yeah. You have to be able to um, experience the whole mm-hmm. breadth of human experience. And if yeah. you are locked into an idea, of course people would object to that. I object to that. Yeah. You know, because it's and, not true. And as they, and as every uh, good acting uh, coach or you know, professional knows love is the most powerful yeah. human emotion. So you've got to tap, you got to figure out how to tap into that. Yeah. And really so much anger, hatred, disappointment, loss, grief, all of those things come from disappointed love. Exactly. It all stems from you know? love and loss of love. And you don't, if you don't have your experience with that love to begin with, you don't have anything to react to. Yeah. We don't have an arc. And the other thing, objection that I've always heard about Meisner um, and other acting techniques, but specifically about Meisner, is that in the in real life, nobody nobody is actually completely open and vulnerable and honest and truthful. No, in the real world, we put up walls. Right, but the thing is, there's a what what I the way that I understand this is there's a difference between the work you do as an actor and the work you do as the character. So the character, that's a hundred percent. A true observation. People put on masks. Yeah. You know, so the they control. They that. try not to cry. They don't try to cry unless it's a specific comedy yeah. scene. That's what I tell you everybody. Know? I'm like, don't try to cry. Try not to cry, and you'll right. get emotional. Right. <laughs> but that's the thing is, people try to put masks on. Yeah. But if you don't have anything underneath the mask, because this objection um, I've heard a lot from people who seem to me when I watch them perform not to have much underneath the mask to begin with, and it's kind of an excuse. Yeah, so they need you know? to be emotionally full to make the mask make sense. Yeah, in other words, if, well, there's, there's got to be something to cover. Yeah. If you don't have exactly. a mask, if you don't have anything to cover, there's no reason for the mask. There's no you know? mask. And there's no tension between yeah. what's underneath and what's on the surface. The opposite, the oppositional yeah. tension. Right. right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think that's, that's the most important thing about that, is that um, you make character choices, about how the character lives in the world, how much mm-hmm. mask they have, when they're vulnerable, when they're not, how they fight against the obstacles, how they uh, obstacles, how they play against the obvious, you know, yeah. all of the things that come out a specific point of view. That's what you're trying to develop is a, is a a character specific and truthful point of view as 
as lived through behavior. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's different from how the actor works. Yeah. The actor has to be completely open and vulnerable. And then when they play the character, as the character, they got to react to that, shut it down, not show it, but it's got to be going on for the actor. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. The actor is not the character. The actor is portraying, is embodying the character. Right. So there's got to be, um, yeah, the character... What Basil Hoffman says is there's privileged information that the actor knows that the character doesn't. Yeah, right. Well, and, but, but really what I'm getting at is that um, your acting instrument, your body, your emotional life, as an actor, has to be completely free, open, and vulnerable. Absolutely. If you're playing a character, those meanings will come up for you and you will feel them as an actor and the character will feel them underneath the mask. Mm-hmm. But your choice to show a character is to put a mask on it. Gotcha. To restrain it. Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, I've often... Um, oh, that might be Missed choice. that. No, I, yeah. I've often missed that uh, layer and been like, oh, you know, I'm just supposed to be this character with no mask, right? Yeah, but right. you're right that that layer needs to be there because that's how real people are that's we how real people the, are we have that mask to varying degrees in various yeah. moments you know, various degrees but you moments. also can't go the other way you can't just have the mask and, yeah. ha- and use that and as an excuse to not have anything underneath you know, yeah you know. exactly and I'm one of these people that's really open because I've been working all my life on, on sort of getting rid of that mask even though there's always something there yeah so um, you know that's something always to think about now is what is the mask that this character puts on? What's the choice? Characters yeah. make a choice, yeah. consciously or unconsciously, Absolutely. to put and, that mask on. And why did they put that mask on to protect that themselves as, a, as opposed to a different one? But also not even and just that And what gets moment. around the mask? Because, because some trauma leads to a uh, fixed mask. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and, and it's always play, brilliant playwrights write those cracks in the mask and something comes sideways at them and it's what gets through underneath the mask and they... They snap or they have yeah. a moment where they're yeah. and they've got to throw it back on. And, and like that's yeah. beautiful drama to watch. And that's probably what we're gonna see in the audition. Yes. You know what I mean? Exactly. Is that moment, that moment where the, the character breaks the mask and we see the true uh, vulnerable yeah. state. Um, so there's some very simple tools that you can learn actually, um, that are pulled out of this two year structure of teaching, but they're they're tools that are fairly simple um, that you can start to work on. And it's, it's not just really listening and really responding. Yeah. You know, oftentimes the problem in an audition situation is that you've got a reader yeah. who's not an actor they're not and they're not giving you anything. Yeah, they're not even looking. At <laughs> you it. still have to be good. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, so that's a different, that's a different issue. Yeah. But, and that really works on the actor's imagination. imagination. You have to really live with another character that's <laughs> yeah. there that's not that's the reader. That's not fair. You know, yeah. but... But um, the other piece of it, though, is that in those moments, part of how you set yourself up in Meisner, right, um, is that there's different types of things. So everything, every moment in the play has to be endowed with meaning for the character. So let's say, like, you know, I'm playing a character who's worked in a cannery all his life, mm-hmm. and I just won the lotto, right? And I got to come in and quit, I'm going to come in and quit because I don't fucking need this job anymore and I'm going to stick my middle finger up my boss's ass. You know, like, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, I may not relate to winning to the lot. The lot. Winning the lottery may mean nothing to me emotionally. Yeah. Right? May mean nothing to me. But I have to figure out something that does, that is similar. You know, like, um, 
for me for a while, I don't know how I feel about it anymore, but when I was, when I was working, when I was working on this in school, what did it for me was, you know, like, uh, beating one of my classmates up for a lead in the specific play that we both wanted. That's that like was winning like, love. <sighs> yeah, that gets you. That set me alone. So, so, but that kind of goes, that's kind of contradictory to the whole idea of the magic imagination where you just imagine. No, no, no. You, I'm, I'm, I think I'm not being clear. So the difference that I'm talking about is I'm not going to go make myself win the lottery in order to understand what winning the lottery is about. Right. The imagination is the daydream or the what if yeah. that you ask yourself that has personal close meaning to you. Mm-hmm. That is imaginary. That has not, in the sense that it has not actually happened to you. Right. But you live as if it's true, mm-hmm. and you live. You can live as if it's true because the thing that you found, the imaginary situation, like me beating out this guy in a role, I didn't actually. Mm-hmm. But that was my fantasy, and in my fantasy, like I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to dredge anything up. I just came to life. So it was that fantasy was more personal in your imagination than actually winning the lottery. So Yes, exactly. Yeah. But the audience is never going to know what yeah, I've got, yeah, and got yeah, under my head. Yeah. So, so I walk in and the first thing is as a detective, you know, as an actor, you've got to be a detective. You've got to mine the script for clues. The, the, this daydream, mm-hmm. right, if that were the scene, would have to match exactly what the character or, you know, same kind Pretty of near the the what the character is going through. Mm-hmm. It can't be something that's that's off in the wrong way. Otherwise, the it's life of the story is not going to be told. It's not going to make sense. But I come some. I you know it's the question Bill always used to ask is, well, how are you going to understand that? You've never been through that. How are you going to understand that? So and he was constantly asking us to visit our imaginations. You know, there's and they're all you know, our imagination is based on our personal experience. Of yeah, course it is. But yeah. if you're not gonna go back, this isn't therapy. You're not gonna go back and relive specific personal moments. That's not helpful to you. Except maybe it will help you understand something later, but as an acting rehearsal technique, it does not help you. Mm-hmm. So you develop something in your imaginary life that you can relate to instinctively, mm-hmm. right? And if that matches what the character comes in with, like let's say I've got to come in full of life, ready to quit my job. Because I won the lottery, that's the character's given circumstances. And I gotta come in with that emotional life. So when I'm off screen or off stage, I'm setting myself alive with this daydream. And it doesn't have to take long. Yeah. You know, if it's really alive and specific and you've it's, really been yeah. practicing with it, it'll come to life and if in it's really 10 personal. And if it's really personal. Yeah. So you'll walk on stage with the right emotional life and well, and then nobody's gonna know that yeah. you're not fantasizing yeah. about winning the lottery. Mm-hmm. You'll be in the right place. To you, that is the lie. <clears throat> but then you've got s- situations and scripts where you got to get some news. Like I played um, uh, Quentin in After the Fall. Um, and there's a moment where he's got to get in the middle of the scene. He's got to get the news that his friend uh, jumped in front of a train and mm. was killed. Wow. I can't walk in with that. That's hard. Like, I can't walk in with that emotion. No, he's actually it. had a really good day. <laughs> yeah. So people talk a lot about preparing for the opposite. But what does that actually mean in terms of specifics? So here's, here's what we did. You know, this is what Bill worked with me on, and this is what we did. Um, that moment of the phone call, it, it's similar to the emotional preparation you do before you walk in when you've got to come into a scene that's loaded with emotion, mm-hmm. right? Already yeah. from the top. Yeah. Except that you create a very specific and personal daydream or meaning, mini daydream, like a meaning that you attach to getting that news. Uh-huh. So that, and you practice it over and over again. When this moment in the script happens and this phone rings and I, and there's nobody talking on the other line. There's, we don't hear the lines. 
right? But this phone rings, and I have understood someone getting run over by a train in something that was very personal. Like, you know, my, I love my father so much. And yeah. if he were dying unexpectedly of cancer in the hospital, and like he just, he just died one night, you know, yeah. um, suddenly. Um, I understand what that devastation that's would like be like, what, and that yeah. shock and that horror, right? Yeah. And if, I, if that's specific enough, and I work on that daydream enough, and it's specific enough, I can pare it down and pare it down and pare it down so that it, as an actor, doesn't take me long. And then I associate it with that moment in the script, just like Pavlov's yeah. dog, and you tie it together. Yeah. You rehearse that moment happening and the experience of that daydream. And that's and not pretty soon yeah. they get tied together instinctively. So when I walk in to do the scene, I don't think about it. Yeah, it just happens to me. And this is what I mean by setting yourself up in the right way. If you've really done this homework, and the moments are all really alive. You get in front of the camera or you get on stage and because they're endowed with personal meaning, they just happen to you. Yeah. You don't have to plan it. That's really cool. You should just throw everything away and just go and yeah. feel, right? It'll be there. It'll be there. So this is all very fascinating stuff. I feel like we can just talk for like hours on this stuff. <laughs> and that's why that's why we had to make this into at least a 10-week class. Yeah, exactly. You know? There's a um, lot of different skills to cover. Yeah, yeah sure. and this is just the intro. So, yeah. you know, if all goes well, according to plan, we're going to have you come back and do yeah. more and add to what you're building. Yeah. Um, so I kind of love the idea of building a, a broader Meisner program that we're, you know, doing the intro and we're doing um, the next steps yeah, and, we're, yeah, yeah. and we're just cycling everything. Character work is fun. I know. Character I love it. It's my favorite. <laughs> um, so that's so cool. So you're, you're starting your class July 14th, Sunday yes. from 6 to 9 p.m. Yes. For 10 weeks. 10 weeks. And um, it's super affordable. It's only four seventy five yeah, for ten weeks to, to study Meisner from somebody from the lineage of the Meisner Studio. Yeah. Um, or forty seven bucks a class. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and not to mention, it comes with free audition preps with either you. That's and I. right. Yeah, with either you and I free thirty minutes, thirty minute audition preps for yeah. all the classes that we take. So you, may, you they get ten of those. Yeah. Um, so that's four hundred worth, four hundred dollars worth. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Sweet. Um, yeah. So I'm just really stoked because I know I'm going to be there, listening and soaking it up and, and uh, yeah. joining the class. As that's much so as exciting. I, yes, I'm, I because I never got to formally study Meisner. I just sort of um, you know picked up a, a few things here and there, and I'll always love the whole uh, the really the listening aspect and diving into the other person. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's awesome what you're doing. I, I'm, I think we're so lucky to have you at the school. Well, I'm so lucky to be able that you guys said yes. What's well, the team? <laughs> team. Um, well, yeah, man. No one, no, you know, you're you're one of the only people I know that's qualified to teach Meisner. So this is great. We, uh, you know, we love you. Thank you so much. If you have any questions for us, um, you can hit us up at info at soulacting.com. Um, I can forward any questions to Quinn. As well, if you have any questions for him, if you have any questions about the class, uh, just let us know. We are open for free consultations, uh, free audition preps for people that take the class. Um, that's it. I think that you know we'll get in deeper, more of this stuff when we do your next Meisner class. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, yes, indeed, indeed we will, indeed uh -huh. we will, Ron. All right. Well, that's Thanks for all. Having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for coming. That's all, everybody. Um, hit us up. 
This is Ron and Quinn signing out. Yeah.